With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the director, writer, and stars of the new film, The Climb, Michael Angelo Covino and Kyle Marvin. This interview was recorded in the spring of 2020 before the pandemic caused a shutdown and the film's release to be delayed to November 13th, 2020. Please take a listen and enjoy my conversation with Michael and Kyle on their film, The Climb. Mike, I'm getting married. How awesome is that? Awesome. She loves me for who I am. And, and I love her for who she is. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. Kyle, I slept with her. What? What do you mean, slept? Kyle hates me. He should hate you. I know. I'm a bad friend. Oh, my God. Mike, are you serious? What you did to him was selfish. Kyle's selfless. He always thinks about other people first. I invited Mike for Christmas. What? He is not doing well. We were his only family, now he has no one. Mike's in the living room. He got fat, right? Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Is that Mike? Yeah, fat. Hey, we should do catapult next. No, that's a black diamond. He's gonna crash. Okay, well, it's snow. If he crashes, it's snow. I'd rather not crash. Kyle, no one wants to crash. He's gotta go. Yeah, he's gonna go tomorrow. I mean, like, he's gotta go away. Like, not in our lives. But he's my friend. Sometimes when you think you're doing the wrong thing, it's actually what's needed. Let's go. I don't care. I don't care what happened. If you love someone, you should care what happened. I don't! Hey, nobody likes her. Nobody likes you, Mike. I am the only one who likes you. And I don't know why, because you're loud and obnoxious and you're ah! an Hey, can I just say? No. Huh? Mike. When you get knocked down, you gotta get right back in there. Ah! If I catch you, I'm gonna kill you. I know, that's why I waited for the hell. Ah. Yeah, you got this. Mike, shut up. Dig. All right, everybody. I'm being joined right now by the writers of the film The Climb, Michael Angelo Covino and Kyle Marvin. And Michael is also the director of the film. Both of them also star in the movie as well. This is a film that premiered at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival, and it has... I've uh, been playing at various film festivals um, since then, actually. I myself got a chance to check it out at Telluride um, last year, and I know that it also recently screened at the Sundance Film Festival, and now finally, it is being released on March 20th through Sony Pictures Classics for everyone to check out. So, here to join me, Michael, Kyle, how are you guys doing today? Good. Doing well, thank you. How are you? 
Oh, man, I'm doing excellent. I, I have to say, ever since I saw this film, I was itching at the opportunity to get a chance to talk to you guys about this film because there, I have so many questions and it's just such a fascinating movie in so many different regards. Um, I actually want to kind of maybe just start off with the uh, jumping point of ultimately where did the idea for the screenplay itself come from and what was it like uh, developing that idea because obviously you two were very very close so I, I want to just know uh, where it all started. Well, it started with a short film that we made, uh, which played at Sundance in uh, 2018. And the, sh the short film was really more or less the opening scene of the film. So, um, to, yeah, to give the sort of the layout, it was, you know, it's, it's uh, Kyle and I were riding bikes up a hill. Um, the whole scene was filmed in one take. And I, re I revealed to him that I was sleeping with his ex-girlfriend. Uh, and then he's, he's out of shape, so he, start he can't catch me, and he's chasing me up the hill. And that was kind of... That was the the uh, the impetus for kind of the the jumping off point for this story, and we really loved the idea of of following these characters and this relationship, and and exploring kind of the dynamics of it that it, that already existed, and how they might evolve or, or and change or not change over the next decade or so. You know, you mentioned pre-existing dynamics, and I'm curious to know how much of the story of the friendship between these two guys is based on your real-life experiences. Uh, it's an autobiography. It's a documentary. No, <laughs> I think I think for us, our, our, we are good friends, and I think our friendship is definitely a piece of this whole thing, but certainly the characters and their behavior is is not indicative of our personal relationship. I think for us, we really just tapped into um, friendships and relationships we had in our lives and sort of mashed them all together into this, uh, what became the story of this movie. Sure, sure, absolutely. And so that opening bit, I remember uh, someone describing it to me uh, before I even saw the film. Uh, somebody said to me, oh, it's like sideways with bikes. And mm. I was like, what? Okay. Uh, and then I saw it and it's like, I kind of got what they meant. But at the same time, I was like, no, it's a lot more complex and deeper than that. So you mentioned before you have this opening bit that starts off as the short, and then you go into these other uh, six sequences. There's seven in total throughout the entire film. Like, how did you go about breaking down each sequence, where they would be at what points in their lives, uh, why the settings um, were where they were? How did you guys decide to just break it down structurally? I, I, I you know, we, we explored a, a number of different scenes that might have also um, been in the film. I think, you know, we really figured out what the story was between these characters. And then we took a step back and, and said, what scenes do we want to live in in real time with the characters and then jump forward and sort of to, to structure the film in a bit more of an elliptical fashion where, where we don't get all the information and, and we come into certain scene, scenes and certain time periods not fully understanding how we got there or what's happened since, uh, since we last saw the characters. And that just felt like a very exciting, engaging way for the audience to experience the story because um, it was a bit more active and it's the, you know, it's the type of movies that we like to watch, uh, you know, uh, it felt engaging. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple of movies uh, myself that deal with long stretches of time. And I think of something like uh, Richard Linklater's uh, Boyhood, which is a two and a half hour film. But you guys were able to take a long period of time and condense it down to what is ultimately about, what, an hour and a half or, or so? Yeah. So 
it's really, really economical storytelling on your part and all the information that is missed um, in between. You guys fill it out with the dialogue. Um, I'm curious to know how much. Well, I guess. No. Now that I think about it, I mean, you guys must have had to have done a tremendous amount of um, planning uh, for these sequences with storyboards and such, because um, some of these sequences play out for long stretches of time. So what was like the preparation work like in just trying to block these uh, scenes together? Yeah, I mean, the, the the good thing is that from the outset of the film, from the, from the very beginning of the writing process, this was the plan. So it helped that we were always sort of having conversations about um, from the writing process, where we were going to be, what we were going to be seeing or not seeing. Um, so from the outset, we had a pretty clear idea of, of what we were doing. And because Mike's the director, you know, we were able to have visual conversations or at least a, the ideas behind them pretty well ironed out before we got into production. Um, and then it was really just about robust pre-production and bringing on team members who were great. And then for each of the each of the scenes, basically the way we structured our shoot days was that we had one day uh, of rehearsal with a full crew, full cast, everyone there, and then uh, one day for shooting. And so that allowed us to, to sort of iron out any issues, Mike to rework pieces of it or, or work with the blocking or where the camera was sort of moving and the pace of the thing. Um, so that when we got on the day, we basically, on that, that second day when we started shooting, we would just do take after take after take until we were out of time. Jeez Louise. Oh my gosh. Do either one of you have experience uh, working in uh, theater? Um, and, and, and if so, uh, I'm, I'm curious because like I said, I think the blocking in this movie is absolutely extraordinary. Uh, I mean, we both did theater as as, uh, as kids and in high school. Mike, you did any theatrical background? I did a lot of theater in high school. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I... And then I did some off-Broadway stuff in New York through my 20s. And it, I, I love theater. I think yeah. it's... it's um, uh, there, was, there was something fun about approaching this film in a very um, live way or, you know, or trying to yeah. capture performance in... in uh, in real time and, and move away from the sort of staccato rhythms of, of, uh, filming the way, uh, films are normally shot, which, you know, we sort of break, break up the action and we flip the camera and we do, uh, and we, we take the scene in chunks. And this was, this just, uh, felt like we could find an organic sort of rhythm to the scene. Yeah, there's a lot of wides and a lot of mediums in this, and it definitely helps to give the film a unique flavor, at least for me. Um, it, it felt like it was something that was fresh and different and very dynamic. Um, I'm curious, outside of maybe uh, a bit of theater influence, uh, were there any movies themselves in terms of like reference that um, are you guys the type of guys that like to watch something for inspiration, not to necessarily copy, but just look towards for inspiration when uh, making a film? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we were we for this film, we were heavily inspired by, uh, you know, particular films. Um, French films from the uh, 60s and 70s. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, one being the, the other film, La Grande Amour by Pierre Atex, and um, Which we put in the film. It's, it's the film where the Mike's watching in the theater is actually one of our, one of the films we, we, we watched. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, other films, you know, by, you know, Truffaut and Claude Sauté and, and, um, and then, 
you know, Ingmar Bergman scenes from marriage was, was sort of thematically um, adjacent. And then, you know, we love Farrelly Brothers movies. And we love, uh, we love sort of um, things that are a bit more slapsticky. And, and I think we were trying to combine and, and, and to find, find a nice happy middle ground between sort of these high stakes, real emotions and, and uh, playful comedy. Yeah, I mean, you talk about playful comedy. Uh, you even have a breaking of the fourth wall musical sequence uh, in the movie, <laughs> and um, I, I was just like curious to know um, where did like some of more of the idiosyncratic uh, decisions uh, come from uh, to have moments like that in the movie. But we knew because of the nature of the long scenes, we knew that we had to break them up, or where we felt that it was important to break them up with sort of. Um, you know, a palate cleanser, if you will, before you were thrust into the next scene in a new time and space. And for us, those, those uh, we, you know, we call them interstitials or those transitional sort of moments gave us a great opportunity to, to um, you know, set up tone and feeling or, or, or to leave you with a tone and feeling from the scene you just left. And more importantly, you know, remind the viewer that you're watching a film, that this is, you know, this is cinema and you're participating in sort of you're self-aware of the fact that this is a film that you're watching. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I always like asking anyone that's a writer, director of uh, this question, hardest scene to write and shoot and the most rewarding scene to write and shoot. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was probably that Thanksgiving and Christmas section uh Oh, I love that section. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the most challenging in terms of, you know, economy of, you know, the pages that we were, you know, trying to keep it tight and also introduce all the characters from a writing perspective. I think we probably rewrote that scene the most or, or up there. Uh, and then, yeah, the Christmas scene was tricky to shoot. I mean, the bike scene was really, the opening scene was really, was, was challenging to film, I think, um, uh, and I, I, so it was probably between those two in a strange way. The amount of calories that must have been burned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can only imagine. No, it's, yeah. hot. <laughs> it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) 
So I, I imagine because this has been a very, very long uh, process for you guys with promoting this movie and taking it uh, everywhere. Um, how, how, how do you guys feel about just the, the process of because um, uh, obviously there's writing a movie, there's shooting a movie, and then there is promoting a movie. Um, and you guys have been on this very, very long stretch of promoting. I'm, I'm just curious, are you guys at a point now where you're just like, oh, my gosh, I want to get to the next thing already? Or um, are, are you guys enjoying, like, the whole process so far? I think it's, it's a balance, I think. I think we're, we're you know. We're enjoying of, it. Yeah, part of, part of, like, releasing a film is, or part of making a film is, you know, getting people to come watch it, which is part of the of the job in, in this day and age for us. Yeah. Um, so that, I think, is important in the grand scheme of things. But yes, we. I mean, we we we've, you know, we we're we're working on the next things, and and we'd love to nice. to focus on those. But it's all it's all part and parcel. I think we we're we're being patient and and uh, trying to make all of this the best we can. Well, I I definitely think that it's uh, working because more and more, little by little, more people are becoming aware of this movie, and uh, I think that having that long, sustained life that it's had so far on the festival circuit has certainly helped in many, many ways. I, I can't wait to see what you guys do next because I just saw such a tremendous amount of potential uh, from this movie, uh, like I said, in just a way that you guys conceived it, how scenes play out. It's uh it's a really really dynamic movie as I mentioned before and um so I, I imagine for your next project you guys will be collaborating together again at least I hope fingers crossed yeah absolutely oh. I mean I, I think we're you know yeah we're already writing our next movie together so I, I think it'll you know if I, I mean you never know I mean it, it has to get made <laughs> first but. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit of art imitating life here, and uh, maybe the climb will uh, seep its way into uh, real life uh, with your uh, with your friendship and collaboration. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. But at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, I, I think this is a really, really funny, sometimes depressing, but also at the same time hopeful and sweet movie uh, that depicts male friendship extremely uh, well. And I, I think that in this day and age, especially uh, because there's uh there there there's been more of a uh, acceptance of male insecurity and male vulnerability um i i'm just i just want to know from from your point of view um is that something that you guys were really really trying to communicate with this movie if not what is the ultimate message that you guys want people to take away from the climb i think for us it's it's always a tricky question to say what we want people to take away because we want people to take away whatever they whatever they sort of want, want from the film it's sort of their prerogative i love that i think for us the, the we did want to show what we felt was a, was real in in our experience of our relationships with family and friends and that that just so happens to be things where we are you know emotional and and try to be as open as possible and as honest as possible as is true to us in the moment. And I think that's sort of what we were attempting to express or represent is that, that, that thing that felt real to us. Definitely. All right. Well, guys, hey, thank you so, so much for giving us a little bit of insight into uh, the making of this movie, The Climb here. Like I said at the top, it is uh, releasing on March 20th through Sony Pictures Classics in theaters. More people will finally get a chance to check this one out. It's definitely been a favorite of mine since I saw it back, at, like I said, at Telluride. And I'm just super eager, excited for people to check it out. I think you guys are really, really wonderful new talents on the scene. And I can't wait to see what you guys come up with next. 
Oh, thanks, Matt. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much for the time, and best of luck to you. Thank you. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Michael Angelo Covino and Kyle Marvin on their film, The Climb, here on the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you can subscribe to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there, drop us some feedback and a comment, rate us five stars, and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us. The Crime has had a very, very long release history, so I urge you all to check it out in theaters if you can, and if not, sometime in the future, hopefully. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.